This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Welcome to another episode of the Out of the Blue podcast. Uh, my name is John Fleeton, and I'm a professor of medicine at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Christopher Chang, who's a, a co-author uh, of an article entitled Clinical Features of 85 case, Fatal Cases of COVID-19 from Wuhan, a retrospective observational study, which was published online in the Blue Journal earlier this month. Uh, Dr. Chan is Professor of Medicine at UC Davis and Medical Director of Immunology and Allergy at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital Memorial Healthcare Systems. Dr. Chan, before we get started um, with your paper, can you uh, briefly discuss how COVID-19 differs from previously reported coronaviruses? Uh, yes, John, of course. Um, so there are uh, a total of seven known human coronaviruses, and it's important to note that coronaviruses also are responsible for some cases of the common cold. About 15% of, of common colds are caused by coronavirus. Um, so four of the coronavirus uh, species that have been identified as causing human infections, including 229E and OC43, typically cause only mild disease, basically the common cold. But the three that have caused epidemics and pandemics are three of the beta coronaviruses, and they have led to SARS in 2002 to 2003, uh, MERS in 2012, and now the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, SARS and MERS had a much lower number of people infected, but the mortality rate or the case fatality rate is higher than COVID-19 so far. SARS infected about 8,400 people and had a case fatality rate of about 11%, which meant that there were about 919 deaths while MERS in 2012 infected nearly 2,500 people, but it had a much higher case fatality rate of about 34%. So far, we're seeing about a 6% case fatality rate for COVID-19 worldwide, uh, but that figure uh, is subject to a lot of unknown factors, like are we identifying everybody who has uh, the, the infection? And so the denominator may be uh, a little bit inaccurate. Uh, but the difference is that the spread of COVID-19 uh, caused by SARS-CoV-2 has infected far more people, uh, uh, probably at least 2 million people to this state with 100, 120,000 deaths. So it's, this kind of a pandemic is unprecedented in, uh, in modern uh, medicine, medical history. Now, moving to your, your paper, what were the objectives of your observational study? We wanted to determine the characteristics of patients who died of COVID-19. Ultimately, our aim was to provide some knowledge that might help us better treat and better, be better prepared and to prevent deaths. Can you describe the study design, patient selection and data collection? Yeah, the study was a retrospective observational study and we looked at patients who died of COVID-19. We obtained information on 85 patients from their medical charts and looked at various clinical, laboratory, and imaging parameters. And what were your primary findings? Well, to summarize, uh, we found that the median age of the patients in our cohort who died was uh, about 65 years of age, and almost three quarters were male. 
The most common symptoms were fever, dyspnea, and fatigue. 81% of these patients had low eosinophil counts on admission. Uh, we found that the complications included respiratory failure, shock, ARDS, and arrhythmias, and the majority died from respiratory failure. Most patients who died ended up receiving steroids, antiviral agents, or antibiotics, and almost half received IVIG, and a third received interferon. Uh, I think uh, it's important to note that the average time from admission to death was about six days. Oh, were any of the symptoms or comorbidities associated with a poorer prognosis? Since we only looked at death cases, we can't confirm that any particular symptom or comorbidity was a differentiator. However, we did identify symptoms and comorbidities that existed in our 85 patients. And as I mentioned earlier, the most common symptoms were fever, dyspnea, and fatigue. Interestingly, cough was not a common symptom in this group of patients and was present in only about 22%. Um, I think that a lot of people associate COVID-19 with fever and cough, but if you look at other studies of COVID-19, fever is indeed the most common symptoms, but cough seems to only occur in about 60% of cases. Our most common comorbidities were hypertension, which was present in 37% of patients, diabetes in 22%, and coronary heart disease in 12% of patients. What were the commonest causes of death? Uh, the most common cause of death in our cohort was respiratory failure, which occurred in about half of the cases. The other causes were multiple organ failure and septic shock, which occurred in about a fifth and a sixth of the patients, respectively. Now, your most striking finding was uh, the reduced absolute eosinophil count, uh, which was present in almost all of the patients who died. Uh, was this related to corticosteroid use? And if not, can you specula speculate on the mechanism? Well, this is an interesting finding because it has been reported previously in patients with severe bacterial pneumonia that their eosinophil count is lower than the normal range. In our case, we're not clear if this is due to steroid use but it may be a useful marker, especially if it's used as not, by, not just by itself, but as one component of a collection of markers for severe disease or impending death. It can also be a result of bone marrow suppression, which may be viral-induced. You know, eosinophils clearly have a role in fighting viral infections uh, through the triggering of toll-like receptor 7, which is a component of innate immunity. Perhaps their depletion may lead to a worsening clinical status and hasten death, but again, this is purely speculative. Was the testing for copathogens, and if so, uh, what were the most common? Well, not all of our patients were tested for copathogens. Of those who were tested, the most common ones detected were mycoplasma and chlamydia. The other viral pathogens were generally negative in our cohort. Because of the need for personal protective equipment, uh, these patients are difficult to examine. So you, there's a, a, a more of a need in terms of a rely on a chest imaging. Uh, what were the typical CT chest findings? Uh, were any associated with the poorer prognosis? Well, in, uh, in, our, in our patients, almost all patients had findings of bilateral pneumonias, and the majority had multiple areas of modeling and ground glass opacities in their CT scans. Again, since we only looked at death cases, we can't really comment on whether or not these were associated with a poorer prognosis. Now, the CURB 65 score is widely used in emergency rooms to re-stratify patients with pneumonia. Um, was this helpful in your study in predicting disease outcome? Well, it's interesting that the CURVE 65 score in our cohort of patients was very variable and didn't seem to correlate with the demise. Uh, many of our patients were admitted with CURVE 65 scores of less than two, and they still died. 
what's interesting is that the mean time between admission to death in our cohort was 6.35 days and the, with a standard deviation of 4.51 days. Uh, this suggests a rapid de deterioration after admission, and this has been observed in other studies as well. Now, treatment with intravenous immunoglobulins, corticosteroids, uh, were more common in uh, the non-survivors. Uh, do you think these treatments might be counterproductive and lead to increased mortality? So we only looked at the 85 patients who died, but we compared our findings to another paper which described 119 patients of whom 54 died. Uh, in that study, they found that corticosteroids and immunoglobulins were used more frequently in those who died. But it's unclear if these treatments were detrimental or whether or not they just reflected a higher level of use in the more severely ill patients. Uh, in our study, 38% uh, of our patients were, were received immunoglobulins. And uh, in the other study, 36 patients who died received immunoglobulins, but only 10 patients who did not die received immunoglobulin. Uh, so they were definitely worth a difference. We just don't know what the reason is. How do your findings compare with other studies uh, which have come out recently? Well, there was one other study that I mentioned previously that looked at uh, deaths and compared with patients who survived. And uh, the number of patients who died were fewer than ours, but in general, the findings of that study were very consistent with our study. Are there any limitations in terms of your findings? Yes, of course, because this was a retrospective study and we really wanted to disseminate the information as quickly as possible, we, we didn't have a control group. Now, this is probably our most significant limitation. We therefore couldn't determine if there was a difference in uh, clinical and laboratory measures between those who died and those who survived. Our aim, though, was mainly to provide information on patients who died. Uh, of course, other studies will eventually be done to fine-tune these findings and determine which characteristics are the most significant. Uh, do you have any final points you'd like to emphasize about the study and any comments about uh, what are the important areas in terms of future research in terms of COVID? Well, I think this was a really important study because despite our lack of a control group, it was the largest cohort of deaths at the time it was accepted for publication. Uh, things were developing very quickly and uh, we wanted to get the information out. So this preliminary data provides some guidance for clinicians who are on the front lines taking care of patients with COVID-19. Of course, all this does need to be confirmed by future studies, uh, some of which are already ongoing. So I'd like to thank Dr. Chan for doing this. Uh, to the listener, to read the article discussed in this podcast, uh, please visit the podcast homepage at www.atsjournals.org. Uh, to listen to more episodes of Out of the Blue, visit our page on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, you can also subscribe to stay updated whenever new episodes are available. Um, thanks again for listening and have a great day. Thank you.